0: guys what's up so i've been saving this podcast for a while i met this woman on instagram her name is imbehi indere i'm sorry if i like butchered your name but she is uh, a black podcaster and her podcast is called layers of design you can reach it on any platform Apple, Spotify, Google. I think she's on Google. Stitcher. I think she's on Stitcher. You can check her on Instagram. She also has a Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter. Again, it's layers of design. You have to listen. On my website, I added a new tab. It's called Press. It's all of the various podcasts that I was on. So just check it out and support all the women. have interviewed me they're all remarkable what's amazing is that i i feel like we're we're developing something together we all share we all like and listen and follow each other and i i want to keep that momentum going so if you're a podcaster and you think it's you 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 want to connect or talk, then hit me up on IG or Twitter. Arch is Polly is the name, and I love to connect. Let's see. What else is going on? I think that's it. I think I'm going to keep this short and sweet. This episode is like 30 minutes, a quick listen, and it's just two girlfriends, and the topic we were mainly focused on, besides a little bit of like podcasting, was... African versus African American. I shouldn't say versus, but differences between us. And I had a whole bunch of questions for her, and and we just started a dialogue. She's from Lagos, Nigeria, and she came up here. You're going you to listen to it. But it's, again, it feels like there's two girlfriends just talking and just learning about each other and what each of us can share. So I uh, hope you enjoy it.
1: Well, my name is Ebehi Ijewere. Originally see, from wait 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 wait
0: you said that super fast. You have to <laughs> for for us Americans who uh, are not used to African you names, you need to slow that down a little bit.
1: I oh al- you know what? I always say my name really fast, and people always tell me to you know go back. But um okay, my name is Ebehi Ijewere. I'm originally from Lagos, Nigeria. I moved to Miami for school to study architecture and after graduating with my master's in 2016 it was really challenging being an international student and looking for a job and um, just going through the motions of being a college grad and just trying to figure out what what was going on. So I would look online all the time to find similar experiences or people that you know, have been through the same thing, just to kind of lean on their stories and just know it's going to be okay. But I never really found stories that were like mine per se, so that bothered me a lot. And I started thinking of starting a podcast. You know, getting my experiences out there, my voices out there. But I never actually acted on it till 2019, which was last year, January. And my husband pushed me in a closet and was like, You're going to record your first episode today. <laughs> and, that's it. and he was like, You're going, no matter how long it takes, but we're going to record the first episode until we get it right. So I was like, Okay, I guess I'm doing it. And I remember it took so many takes. I think I did like 10 takes because I was like, My voice sounds so weird. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> But that's how Layers of Design was born. And I realized that I really enjoyed talking to other people about their design experiences because everyone has a different story. Everybody has a different experience and we all see life differently. So, yeah, I started bringing guests on and I really enjoy talking to designers and creators. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so, so why are you, what got you into architecture? Like, why are you passionate about architecture or
0: design? In light of the current climate we are in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I thought that architecture can save the world. I mm-hmm. thought that architecture would make bad places better. So I grew up in a project and I thought that if it was just designed better, then people would not live this way
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so luckily living in chocolate city I was exposed to black architects I was the majority growing up up until I hit college the concept of what I had in my mind with architecture is completely different from reality and so why am I still here I think it's because the foundation was laid for me so if I hadn't had that experience of working in a Black architecture firm, of having plethora of Black and Brown mentors, I would have left this profession a long time ago. And they they really built a solid foundation for me. I, I never thought that there were people out there, Black and Brown folks, who have never seen an architect of their color, never seen an architect of their gender, never seen A black architect at all in their life never had a black architect professor Hmm. never had a black teacher and that's just in general so i was blown away by that too and that's another reason why i'm still here like somebody told me i was a mentor (laughs) I i was like really me that's why i'm here
1: oh wow i think that question is very important honestly like why Why am I still here? Why are
0: we torturing ourselves still?
1: Honestly, I think lately I've been asking myself that all the time or, like, really frequently because it's so hard. The profession profession is so challenging. And, like, I feel before we see the rewards, it takes so much. Mm -hmm. And we're battling with, from my experience, it's battling with not only trying to get on the projects that you're passionate about, but it's like either work environments or just I don't know, just trying to learn the skills alone in the profession because the programs are hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's I think it's a very important question that architects really need to ask themselves constantly, just for our sanity almost. Well, I got started in architecture because I really wanted to change the community and then apart from changing the community i'm really really drawn to helping underserved communities and i believe that good design can change a community right and can change the way people perceive their own community so i started thinking of ways i could help out my country and the way that i would love to help it out is through architecture through you know beautiful designs so i mean currently i'm actually researching a lot on humanitarian architecture because that's that's what I want to do. And that's what my passion is at the moment. And I'm just going with it.
0: So one thing I brought up on my previous podcast, and this is kind of go back to our previous conversation. I had made a comment about Africans and African-Americans perceive discrimination differently. Mm-hmm. Is that an accurate statement? Knowing that you represent the entire continent of Africa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> for real. For real. But, okay, so, you know, I'm very happy you brought that up, honestly, because I've been meaning to have this conversation. I mean, I've talked about this a lot with my Nigerian friends and everything that we're fighting for right now. I also have to take a step back and educate myself on everything that's going on because I grew up in a majority Black Country right nigerians were, were all black. So I never struggled with like racial discrimination growing up so coming here that was That was something I realized like oh my gosh like this is this is real like, you know people are racist in this day and age, but I read this article and it was is It was titled why I'm no longer talking to nigerians about race by panache chigumazzi And honestly, that article kind of gave me a sense of, I guess it it put my thoughts where, like in the right place. It helped me figure out my thoughts because my whole time I'm like, okay, so I understand that I'm a black woman in America and I have experienced racial injustices, but I found it very difficult to fully relate with the struggles because I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up here. So a part of me is like, okay, but listen, you need to be careful because you're Black in America. But the other part is like, oh, but how does it really affect me? You know, because in my head, I'm like, I'm African, like I'm African, like this, this struggle is almost like it's not my struggle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through, I, of course I had to, so in a way, honestly, I would say that I was ignorant to the situation that was going on with Black lives here. But I had to take a step back and really educate myself because, I mean, they don't care where you're from at the end of the day. It's that you are Black and that's all they care about, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing from the article that I learned was that a lot of people coming from like Western Africa, they tend to say, and I've, I'm also guilty, I've, I've probably said this like a bunch of times way back, that when they came into America, that was the first time that they... Notice that they realized that they were black and she ex she broke it down and explained of course i'm paraphrasing because i don't remember the whole right, article, right. but um just saying that alone actually hurts us because you've always been black you know so just using that terminology like this is the first time i realized i'm black is that you're even completely disassociating yourself with a group of people who look and are treated just like you know just like you are and you know so she was explaining how nigerians have a privilege that we were privileged enough to be raised in a community that we didn't have any racial injustices we're privileged enough that you know we were given good education like good education wasn't held back from us because of our because of this color of our skin and and, you know coming here and i got that a lot i've i've gotten this comment so many times especially when i first got to the states that oh you're like the good black like oh you're not like the other black women or stuff like that And for me, I was just like, that's a strange comment, but I I don't really understand it. So I never really spoke on it. But Lord knows if someone tells me that (laughs) now, my (laughs) reaction will be completely different. (laughs) But so it was just little things like that, you know, and literally had people ask me like, oh, would you get offended, you know, if I call you the N word? And I'm like, no. Like, do people get offended Did for that? Did somebody actually actually ask oh, yeah. you that question? Oh yeah. Oh Wait, yeah. wait. Were they wait Were they black or were they white? They were Hispanic. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, so when I first got here, I was like, I mean, because we don't use that at home. It's wait, the- isn't black in <laughs> Spanish
0: mean something similar
1: to that word? Yes. Yes. it's 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 not right no one no one should i shouldn't have had that conversation that conversation just shouldn't have been had but i remember like responding in a way like sure what's wrong with that word like why you know but now (laughs) (laughs) could obviously completely different but so it was just those little little things that and my friends and i we talk about this very often is that we're here And we understand that we're black. And, you know, even my friends that have dated African-American men and stuff like that, we always talk about how there's a disconnect because we don't fully, we can't fully understand the struggles of, you know, being brought up as a black child in America and going through everything your whole life. Mm -hmm. So it's something that for sure I would say that every black African should take their time to educate themselves because... At the end of the day, this is our struggle, too, and it's our fight, too. And another thing that she pointed in the article was that just because you can't you don't understand a situation doesn't mean that you can't have any empathy for that situation. You know, so she was like, just by us not educating ourselves and just being aware and standing up for black Americans, that's us making it okay for these things to happen. So yeah, it's, it's, it's actually quite complex because it's like a weird feeling that I've been home, I've been away from home for so long. So sometimes I feel like I don't really almost like belong at home just because, you know, things are different, but then I'm here and I feel like I don't (laughs) belong here (laughs) because this isn't home, but it's just something that I've been educating myself about and I'm able to really understand and empathize with black americans
0: so how because i would think that african countries
1: Mm -hmm.
0: especially on the western side would feel the pain of colonialism you know like when did when did nigeria become independent from britain like that type of thing you know
1: yeah that's like a that's a question i'm even still trying to unpack myself so nigerians we've really welcome the western culture right which it's all great it's all dandy and we don't we don't feel or we're not taught that oppression like i don't remember or recall a history class where they taught me about that oppression so so they taught us oh yeah we were freed at this time you know from the british but then that's it we move on to other subjects we there we're our education system is really heavily focused on getting into the best schools abroad in the Western countries. So we're, you know, we're brought up with, okay, you know, you, you understand your culture, you understand where you're from, but at the same time, you need to strive to get into schools that are in Western countries because then you're more respected like that. So I think it's a lack of education honestly and i think our government is failing us in that aspect because we're not taught like the full history so a lot of kids grow up not knowing what happened
0: so right. they can't
1: associate with that they can't relate with that so i i think it's a big problem because then they send us off to europe or to the states and we're like okay <laughs> what are we supposed to do with all of this that's interesting, though.
0: Because relating back to architecture,
1: mm-hmm. right,
0: we are taught that the whole continent is big, all of the structures, all of everything is this vernacular. It's not to say that it's huts, mud huts or whatever, but you're not taught that Lagos has skyscrapers. Do you understand what I mean?
1: That I know. you guys
0: have infrastructure, that you guys have apartment buildings, that you guys have offices. Mm-hmm. And you didn't you know what I mean Like you, we're not we don't see those things. and then they nobody knows who built it. The architect there, who knows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting for you to say that because I, I, I think of that too. You mentioned earlier about you you coming here to get an education and then hopefully one day you go back home and you'd be this great architect. But then I'm thinking, what? You were already a great architect living at home. I, I don't, I it's, and me, we were never taught anything. I, I started to get upset when I see articles that just say Africa in it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Africa has yeah. 50 plus countries with different everything, you mm-hmm. know? Different dialects, different languages. Can you just tell me the country? <laughs> I am not that ignorant, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, I know know, what you mean. Sudan and Niger are two completely different countries. Kenya to South Africa, two completely
1: completely different different countries. (laughs) Just say the name. Honestly, I think that's just a way of them putting us down. Because I don't think the Western world has fully accepted the fact that Africans we think for ourselves that we're strong, that we understand what is going on. I don't think they've accepted that fact. And honestly, I would say it's, we have, we like, okay, I'll speak for Nigeria, right? I think not even we as Nigerians, honestly, our government has a role to play in that because the way they carry, they carry themselves is not representative of a government that wants to sit at the same table as governments in the West in Western countries. So the way they don't even pay attention to the citizens' rights or they don't care for the health care of the citizens or just some basic infrastructure. They have a huge role in, to play in that because then other governments they don't respect us. So mm-hmm. then that just, you know, just keeps trickling down and then the citizens don't get respected. And, I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, it's all media, right, that's trying to control the narrative. But Nigeria is thriving. Like, Lagos is one of the... We're really thriving in Lagos from architecture yeah. to just everything. We're not... Of course, we're not where we could be, but the government has a huge role to play in that as well mm-hmm. because there are so many talented citizens. There are so many people that have sacrificed everything to go abroad to study because the education system at home is not the best and then they go back home and they try to implement what they've studied but then it becomes so hard because the government gets in in on it because they're like oh so you guys want to improve the country like that means you have to go through so many hoops and then that becomes a problem because these citizens can so, some citizens it's harder for them to really flourish like with their business or different things that they're trying to do but yeah, we're not recognized enough. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're cities. not.
0: You're not. You're not. You're really not. And another thing that really bothers me in architecture, like faith-based organizations, they're you know, you, you want to go to Africa to mm. build a school mm. or to build a church mm. or to dig a well. You're it's kind of like this white savior almost, yes. you know?
1: Yes, that bothers me a lot too. And like in the conversation that we're having before, where I was telling you how, you know, I really wanted to get into one of these organizations to participate and build a school in in Nigeria or in Kenya. And all these organizations are overpopulated with white people. Now, I'm not saying that's terrible. Like, of course, white people are welcome to help out too. But then it, it made me start questioning what happened to all the black people. So you're telling me that you couldn't find any black person Mm-hmm. that was interested in going to Africa to help out you know what i mean so that really makes me upset and i i am going i'm going to do something about it like i'm planning on doing something about it even if it's creating my own organization that you know starts going over there to help because Through my whole research, I came across this article where this African-American lady, she had gone to, I think it was Kenya or Tanzania, to help out. And all of the kids were surprised to see that she was with the white people because they couldn't see, they hadn't seen any black person before. It was only white people that had come to their, you know, to their area to help. And I was really hurt because I was like, these young black children are growing up with a mentality that white people are better because white yeah. people are the only ones that are coming to give them good schools to give them all of this and by the time they grow up with that mentality imagine if one of them gets a scholarship they're not their they, their mentality is completely um, different because once they get a scholarship to go to school they don't have role models imagine how their their image and the idea of the world is they, they're not looking up to black people at that point mm. you're to white people,
0: yeah. and I feel like
1: it's this. It, it needs to be changed. It needs to be fixed. I, I don't know how, but I'm going to do something about it. <laughs> I and, have. You know, to. I'm not.
0: I'm not saying like you said. Like I'm not saying that white people are bad or okay. white people are. You know that they aren't open to a more diverse network. It's just, mm-hmm. I just want them to understand the impression. That they are giving to to the Africans and African American communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this white savior view. Yeah. Not 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 so much intentionally, but in the eyes of people like me. You're right. We tend to not look upon ourselves. Images of ourselves as helping ourselves Mm -hmm. or having others help us that look like us.
1: Yeah. But that's because that's all we've seen, honestly. Like that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of kids see. That's what a lot of people see. Yeah.
0: But this conversation and how we are, Mm -hmm. we will definitely change this.
1: Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
0: Do you have any long term goals for your podcast? Or how about like anybody that you really want to interview? Like a celebrity or something?
1: Oh my gosh. I have a list of people that I would love to interview. I already reached out to them. So I'm praying they reach back out. <laughs> but um, so I feel like layers of design. So, okay, we started, it started as a podcast, but we're growing into more because I have a bunch of passions that I really want to use layers of design to explore. And one of them like I had mentioned is humanitarian architecture Mm -hmm. so I'm really into humanitarian architecture architecture for change and some of the people that I really want to interview is first of all there's this um, from mass group I don't know if you've heard of mass group architecture they are in Boston and they 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 design buildings for social justice they design buildings installations they also, they've designed a project, like projects in Kenya, and they actually have a studio set up in Kenya where they hire citizens of, in, from Kenya to, you know, help and grow their community. And I think that's so beautiful. Like, I would love to interview one of, one of the principals from there. I would also really like to interview Kunle Adeyemi. He's the founder of NLE, and he's a Nigerian architect who is making a huge difference and is getting the recognition he deserves. And I would love to interview Francis Carey. (laughs) I have, like, a bunch of people. But pretty much architects that are making a difference, especially African architects that are making a difference in the world. Those are are some architects I would really love to interview.
0: That's a good list.
1: Thank you. That
0: is a really good list. I don't have a list like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So who... Who would you? What are you thinking
0: of? <laughs> so, you know, I want to really get into the political part. So I want to talk to some mayors. I want to talk to some Congress folk. Those are the people I want to talk to because I feel that they're the ones that have the power to change the policy, have power to change the rules and regulations of this country. Like I feel that architects are limited are extremely limited to what we can do we can design the hell out of things but we can't prevent redlining for example like it
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so that type of things that I really want to you know do they understand what we do are we on committees with them how can we work together to solve all these problems and I feel like my podcast is heavily architectured Mm -hmm. and I just want to get out of that but I know so many architects <laughs> and then when we talked earlier it was like a comfortability oh you know who I want to interview I want to interview Lester Holt I don't know Lester Holt he is an NBC anchor for the nightly is it the nightly news I think it's the nightly news he's this oh, black guy wow. that. so that's the guy I, I've seen him on like a couple of interviews and stuff so I really want to talk to him and then I was thinking oh, okay so I I also want to like be DC focused because I grew up in DC. So I would love to talk to like Dave Batista. Oh okay. <laughs> Cause he used to be a bouncer uh-huh. at this um, place over in Adams Morgan. And he grew up in DC. So I would love to talk to him.
1: I hope whoever is listening just, you know, forwards this to just all Forward
0: this people. to Dave Batista. I was <laughs> I thought about Dave Chappelle, but, but yes. But I I wouldn't know what to ask him because he's private. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and anything that he says blows up and I don't wanna be that person. I don't wanna no, that's too much. That's too much. much. (laughs) I can handle Dave Batista. I can't handle Dave Chicago. That's that's true. I mean it'll be it'll be good PR, good press, you know, but no, like I can't I can't handle that. I know
1: I I think I I think you will skyrocket immediately.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so that's not, like, my intent, right? Uh-huh, of course. I mean, my intent is content and education, mainly for me. Like, I'm being selfish. So it's, it's you know, talking to good people, meeting good people, and having good conversations and trying to solve problems. Like, yes. you know, that's that's the main thing. And change lives. That's the most important thing to me. But, yeah, no, I can't talk to Deja Bell. I, I don't know what to say. How do you say something to a comedian? I don't know.
1: I have and and to Dave Chappelle, I have no idea. I don't know what I would say either. So
0: yeah, that that's my list. That's that's my list. Is try to get out of architects and into mm-hmm. more talking to people about architecture.
1: You know, I think that's a very important thing to do because I don't think people know exactly what architects do. They don't know yeah. what we do. They yeah. just think we're Overpriced. I feel mm-hmm. like we're like you know a pair of Louboutins or something to people. They're like, oh, we don't need that. <laughs> everybody <laughs> needs a pair of Louis. I know, right? Like, <laughs> <everybody. laughs> but but when but when it comes to like saving money, you you won't go for a pair of Louboutins. I'll go for like some flats on Amazon. You know, right? <laughs> of flats, that kind of thing. So, so I feel like I'm serious. I feel like we're this expensive service that everybody feels like they don't need. Like, oh, we can design this ourselves. But no, we go to school for this. This profession is hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I mean, we're we're problem solvers. And we we know how to bring people together. We know how to get those ideas flowing and make it better. It's just not
1: everybody knows. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I really want to do. Do you want this to be like your business?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I already made it my business. Okay. Yeah. I turned it into a business and it's been a lot of work, but it's, it's good work. It's good work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But okay. So we're going to be doing podcasts. We're going to be doing design. So we're in a bunch of design competitions right now that are focused on what we were passionate about. So it's like social housing and humanitarian architecture. And then we're also going to be hosting events. We actually had an event last year, September, which was amazing. And it was this event where we brought architects, artists, designers, just designers in general. It was a networking event. And then we had a panel, a panelist. And we had, you know, people share, artists and architects share their experiences and their stories. And then we talked about, there's different things going on in the community, and it was really, actually, it was pretty cool because, you know, this one guy stood up and he was really speaking out and talking about what he's passionate about. Because the conversation became about developers and architects, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting in my chair like, okay, it was I I did this, <laughs> you know, like I started this conversation. You made this happen. I know. So it was a night of like conversation, networking, and then I had artists display their work as well. So, you know, some people, but from the artists, which was really cool too. So just doing events like that, that bring together the design community, I really want to do that. And of course, volunteer, because I'm really passionate about volunteering in my community as well. So it's layers of design is going to be doing a lot, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I wanna.
0: I I I wanna. I'm not thinking that far far ahead. I do wanna start doing some programming, and I do wanna start doing like a webinar or something or like events. That's what I wanna do. I put an asterisk by by that because another part of this podcast is also. I want to get into. Community housing, affordable housing, that type of thing. Just, just even if I could just write a bill or something, mm-hmm. like something that has an effect mm-hmm. on the built environment, not just building a building or not just creating a temporary structure like a like some type of sculpture or something. Yeah. Although I do want to do that too, just to get that creativeness out of me. But I, the whole reason why I got into architecture is so that the conditions of where I grew up. And I don't want any other child to grow up in that way. So, that's the ultimate goal.
1: Mm-hmm. I I know exactly what you mean, because that's that's kind of the way I feel too with humanitarian architecture, and the way I'm channeling that right now, like my lost, confused. Because the thing about humanitarian architecture is that a lot of people don't do it because there's no profit in it. Which I'm not making. It's not like I'm doing it for the profit. But I I still need to eat, right?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely, like, I'm not going to be poor. Yeah, I I
1: don't want to do a non-profit.
0: That's the thing. I'm not doing a non-profit. This is Mm for-profit. I will pay my taxes. Mm -hmm. I want that Louis Vuitton. I mean, why can I not make money and help people at the same time?
1: Exactly. That's my question too. Like, why can't I do something so good and still make money from it? And... So that's really my quest, I guess, to find a way to do humanitarian architecture and still be profitable, you know. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a lot of research, but honestly, it's really hard. So I'm kind of in search of mentors right now to kind of just share their experiences and things like that. And doing design competitions, uh, that's helping a lot as well because I'm able to kind of narrow down what exactly I want to do with it And to get out my design. Like just, you know, just clear my brain. Like, okay, fine, I've thought about this. Like let's put it down on paper and to the next one. Uh So that's what I'm doing. But I honestly don't know where to start because I start thinking, okay, if I do want to build a school in Nigeria, all of the logistics that go into it, like I need to get the funding, I need to get this, I need to get the people, and you know. So that that is where I think a mentor will be really helpful.
0: And this is where white privilege will come in. They have the connections built in versus yes. we have to work hard at it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, my parents are poor. And so, and I'm the one that's building these connections. So I can't go and ask mom and dad or uncle or niece or whomever for these connections. Because I don't, I don't have that. yeah. And then another thing too, you you did mention something. I realized that I may have to invent something totally new. Because I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna go to a, a place that I think it's awesome to come and mm-hmm. find out they're they're either corrupt or they are broke. Cause then it's like, I don't want to learn from you. That's that's mm-hmm. my fear. That's and so I was like, maybe the the stuck part isn't that I don't have confidence in doing it, mm-hmm. or that I am—I—I I, I lack the leap of faith. I have that. It's just I want to go about it the right way. You know, I want to come up with a solid plan. And you know, I'll make mistakes. You know, I'll fall yep. a thousand times, but at least I—I'm I, I'm working towards my goal. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's—it
1: was great. Talking with you and hearing your story.
0: Same here. Same here. Here Hey, listeners. I have an exciting announcement. I decided to launch a membership program for the show, where you have a chance to support me and the show directly. I love creating the show, and it means the world to me that you all tune in to keep hearing me week after week. But it takes an immense amount of time and energy to produce. I want to keep the show going and I want to invest in its growth. And I also want you to become a partner with me in this journey. That's why I'm excited to give you a chance to officially become a supporter of the show at glow.fm slash archispolly, A-R-C-H-I-S-P-O-L-L-Y or by clicking the link in the show notes. It's quick and easy, it takes less than 30 seconds, and just takes clicking a link in the show notes and using Apple or Google Pay. You don't have to create any new logins, and you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If this show is part of your day or week, and you like what I'm doing, then visit glow.fm slash archespoly, all one word, and support me and the show in any way you can today.